0: Father, thank you for this time of prayer, and thank you for your Holy Spirit's presence here. And we ask and invite uh, him to speak to us through your word and uh, pray that you would minister. Pray that our eyes of our heart would be focused on Christ. And, Lord, that you would minister to us where we're at. And uh, we just give you praise, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Hey, if you have... uh, If you have a Bible, or if you have a a Bible app, or if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back, but if you have a Bible, I want you to open up to Paul's letter to the Colossians. Paul's letter to the Colossians. How's everyone doing? Christmas is almost here. Is that? Is it somebody's birthday? Actually, somebody did graduate from college recently, and we want right. to give honor to that. Nice our man. brother Nick. Thank you. Congratulations. Thank you. With honors, right? No. With <laughs> almost <laughs> honors. <laughs> 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 you still. <laughs> you're you're honorable in our heart, you know. <laughs> Thank you. Congratulations, that's a big accomplishment. Uh, praise the Lord for that. God is God is good. Um yeah so if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles in the back, but uh book of Colossians and uh we're talking about you know Bible yeah, I've got some in the back and if you're watching online, hello, I saw a couple of people, a couple faces I saw online before. So yeah, we're taking a break from going through James to t- go through uh, a couple Christmas, sort of Christmas-like uh, teachings until uh, until the end of the year. Colossians, uh, we're going to look at a few verses, and uh, I was, th- how many of you guys like g- good gifts? Yeah, like what makes a good gift? I was thinking about. You know, great gifts, you know, and last week we talked about, like, great gifts are, or the greatest gifts are the ones that are sort of, like, highly p- anticipated, you know? And w- so we looked at the promises of God. Um, but sometimes the best gifts are also the unique gifts, you know? many of you guys are gone. Let's just be real. You d- you don't you don't see certain family members all year long, and then when you do see them, you buy them a gift card because we don't know what they really need, you know? We buy generic gifts, you know, we buy... But sometimes there's you know, people will buy the, the one-of-a-kind stuff, you know. And I want to look at, at the scripture, how it talks about how Christ is the unique gift of God. In fact, the scripture says in John three sixteen, it says that, that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, right? That word in the Greek, it, it means one and only or unique son of God is what it really means. Uh, he, uh, he's uniquely the son of God. And, and Jesus says to the woman at the well in John 4, if you knew the gift of God and who it was who says to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him for a drink, and he would have given you living water, right? So there's a specialness to the gift that God has given to us in Christ. And so what I want to do today is kind of look at the uniqueness of the Son of God, because he's our gift. He's the gift that God has given to us. And wow, what a wonderful gift, right? So in Colossians, um, in, um <coughs> in Colossians 1, and he, there's a section in verse 15 to verse 20. Uh, it's it's a hymn actually, and uh, and it's very christological. It's very high uh, description of Christ. You know, and it's very rich. Um, and Paul says uh, he actually uh, he he talks about how Christ has delivered us from from the domain of darkness, right, and uh, and that we have forgiveness of sins. But then he says in verse 15 that that he jesus is the image of the invisible god right uh, the firstborn of all creation for by him all things were created and both in the heavens and on earth visible and invisible whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities those are spiritual uh, a description of spiritual rankings right right uh, whether the angelic realm or the Fallen angelic Rome. There are those rankings that happen in the spiritual realm, and Christ is the one who created all that. And of course, He is. Um, all things were created through Him and for Him, and He is before all things, and in Him all things hold together. He is also the head of the body, the Church. He is. He is our Lord, right? He is our Savior. He is our Shepherd. He is the beginning. He is the firstborn from the dead so that he himself would have come to have first place in everything. For it was the Father's good pleasure for all the fullness to dwell in him, verse 20, and through him to reconcile all things to himself. I love this. God and man reconciled, right? was just a heart the herald angels sing glory to the new world right i love that because that's what it's all about that's what christians are all about right god and sinners reconciled and having made peace through the blood of his cross through him i say whether things on earth or things in heaven and he goes on from there that's, so that's like this 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 hymn and it's this high Christ- christology and and you can't go wrong by talking about jesus and so i want to point out As we go through, we like to dig in really deeply uh, five ways that Jesus is the unique gift of God. And Lord willing, we'll get through this all, and we'll have a lot of fun, and God will be glorified. So first uh, way that Jesus is the unique gift of God is that only Jesus shows us what God is like. Only Jesus shows us what God is like. Look at verse 15. He says he is the image of the invisible God, right? He is the image of the invisible God. Sometimes in our mind's eye, we have a distorted image of God, right? Or we have an unclear vision or a wrong vision of what God is really like, right? We have all kinds of conceptions of what God is like, whether he's very stern and standoffish or whether he's... You know, you know, this old man up in up in heaven that, you know, is kind of like, you know, doesn't care what goes on in the world, that we have whatever, we have some sort of image of God and only Christ, only Jesus Christ shows us what God is like. He t- gives us a clear image, not a distorted, not an imperfect, but a very, very clear and perfect vision of who God is. Uh, Paul says he's the image, that's the word icon or icon in, in Greek, icon in Greek, and it, it means that it's an object that is used to represent something, right? And we think of pictures that represent, you know, I have a picture of my house, of my family, you know, and, and uh, that represents where you have coins that have images uh, of presidents, you know, uh, you know, Washington, you know, if he's on the quarter, or Lincoln on the penny. He sh- deserves to be more on the penny, I think Lincoln does. But, but Jesus is the image, he's the, he's the representation of god he paul uses this word image as in also in chapter three uh that uh, it says according to the image of the one we're who created him Uh, this image means a representation sort of like a shape um but it's more than just an external like impression like a coin would be an impression but the coin is only a coin right but the impression is step separate right so you pull out a coin you have a you have the the metal or the you know the what is the coin made out of? Metal, right? Or nickel or whatever it is. Aluminum with copper. It used to be all copper. Now it's aluminum with copper around it. But you have the, the element is one thing, but the impression is something else, right? So there's a, there's a difference because the coin, and you see the image. Well, that's not the present. Well, with Jesus, the Greek word here actually means that it's the same reality. That it's not just an impression that you see this outward figure of, a, of God. It's actually... It's the manifestation that comes around the actual element itself. So he's not just an impression of God. It actually means that it's it's something that comes from the outside or inside out. He is the uh, one uh, Greek um, commentator says that it's uh, this word doesn't mean a weak, feeble copy of something, but it implies the illumination of something that's at its essence is God. Jesus at his core is God. At his very nature is God. Right? Uh, secondly, this word also means that he brings visible what's invisible. Right? He brings to our senses what we can't see. Right? And he makes the Father known. Now, turn to John chapter 1. Go to John, Keep your place in Colossians and turn to John chapter 1. And John starts off with also a high Christology, a high description of Jesus and of the Son of God. And he goes, in the beginning was the Word, right? And the Word was with God, and the Word was God, and the Word became flesh. But in verse 18, he says in John 1.18, no one has seen God at any time. But the only begotten God, that's Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, he has explained him and the idea john talks about how the word was god, was with god right and the idea was in all of eternity past god the son and god the father were had this close intimate relationship in the sense of closeness right and who else can explain the father but the son right and the, and and it says the 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 verse uh, 18 That the only begotten God, that's Jesus, who is in the bosom of the Father, closest. See, they were they they were facing each other for all of eternity. There's that closest. That's something we desire, right? Closest with God, right? He's the one who explains Him. Jesus Christ explains, manifests what God the Father's like. Only Jesus can do that. In fact, when Philip says, "Hey, Lord, show us the Father," and what does Philip say? I mean, I understand. I'm like Philip. How many guys are like Philip? I'm thick. I'm slow of thought. I'm. I don't get it sometimes, right? I need. I need it spelled out for me. Uh, Show us the Father, Lord. Just, just come on, you know. And Jesus says, "Hey, have I been with you so long, and yet you have not come to know me, Philip or John?" Uh, Yeah, I'm, I'm. I. I still need. I'm still on crayons, God. I'm still I'm still learning. I'm still, I'm still I'm still Jesus says, He who has seen me has seen the Father. How could he say, show us the Father? Only Jesus shows us what God is like. So in my mind's eye, I used to have this one image of God the Father, right? Disappointed, right? Always disappointed, right? Tisk, 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 you know and and then jesus of course you know jesus i mean everyone is welcome right and he had this picture of jesus like welcome the sinners right in luke luke 15 verse my my favorite verse in the, one of my favorite verses the, and and the, the the pharisees and tax collectors were complaining they're like this man receives sinners and eats with them like that's a terrible thing to do how could he receive sinners and i'm like i'm one of the sinners that's me so he's welcoming me me, right and that's my image of jesus right i'm and I, I i will no way cast you out Whoever comes to me i will no way cast out that's my image of jesus and yet somehow my image of the father was very different and jesus says "Well, of them that's let's put the two together they're the same thing whose idea was it to send jesus in the first place it's god the father oh whoa let's back up there and Re-, re reimage my image of God, right? I know it's so hard because we have dads, we have imperfect fathers, and I'm an imperfect father, you know. And how do you measure up? And I don't know, but only Jesus shows us what God the Father is really like. He is the image of the invisible God. Only Jesus. The more we learn and grow closer to Christ, the more we understand the Father. Here's God giving his only son. He's the only unique son as a gift to the world. That gift reveals his heart, doesn't it? When I look at Jesus, I see the heart of the Father. Some of us have dads who are jerks, right? Let's be honest. Let it be that our image of God, the Father, is is, has Jesus at the forefront of that, right? And that's a struggle, I know that. Only Jesus shows us the love of the Father. What kind of love is that, that he would send his only son for a, a world doesn't even care about him? The world is, we're all living our own lives, we're all living in darkness, we're all living in sin, and, and here, unbeknownst to any of us, God sort of sneaks in and gives his son, right? He's a baby born, in some little little town little place in the middle you know doesn't there's no flashing lights you know that you would expect right no parades hey god the son's been born it's kind of like as a like a stealth mission you know (laughs) you know but here's the love of the father only jesus shows us the the heart of the father only jesus shows us the compassion of the father and the love of the father the patience of the father the kindness all that we see in Christ, only Jesus, who's the image of the invisible God, shows us. He shows us the forgiveness of the Father. Only Jesus can give us the clearest picture of the Father. Let me ask you are you getting your picture of what God is like from Jesus or from something else? That, I think that's the hard. I think that's the one area that the enemy tries to fight us on. You know that. The devil, his one target is to have you have a wrong image of God. Go back to Genesis 3. Did God really say, don't eat for the truth? God's holding back on you, Eve, because he knows if you eat, you'll be just like him. And how can he hold back on you? How How can you, being like God, not be good? He does that even to this day. It's all to make your Belief that God is not who He really is, right? And to have a distorted image of who God is—that's that He will attack that constantly. He does that with me. I struggle with that. I know it. I mean, I teach it, right? I know it. But sometimes that—that that, temptation. How many of you guys? Am I the only one who struggle with? Does God really love me? Right? Does God really care? Is God? You see, you know, all this stuff that I—I I have this. And it's all it is 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 this distortion of who God is, w- and that's the goal. And if you buy into that, you're biting into the to the to that image, and then it goes downhill from there. And I'm telling you, why is it that he does that? That the enemy wants it because he knows if you see who God for who He really is, you'll worship Him, you'll follow Him, you'll love Him, right? And that's last thing the enemy wants, but it's the one thing you're made for. Only Jesus. All right, second way. Let's go on. Second way that, that Jesus, what was my, where was my, uh, my uh, second way that Jesus is the unique gift of God. First of all, is only Jesus shows that was what God is like. Secondly, only Jesus is supreme over all creation. <laughs> I love this, you know, <laughs> Be- because some people think Jesus is just a man. What man talks like this? What man can just speak and things happen, right? It says, look at verse 15. Back at verse 15. Colossians, sorry. Go back to Colossians. Are you guys with me? All right. Uh, Colossians. 15. For he is the image of the invisible God. That's the first point. Secondly, the firstborn of all creation. The firstborn of all creation. Now, sometimes you get a knock on the door on a Saturday morning or Saturday afternoon at the absolute worst possible time, and it's a few people from a certain religious persuasion that want to tell you that Jesus is lesser than who he is, right? And the JWs come to your door, and they'll pull out to this verse and they'll say, See, he's the first created being. I let mean, let me, uh, let's explain what, he's, what what's actually going on here. Actually, it doesn't mean that at all, but they will tell you that. The, the word firstborn, you see the word firstborn? It's the Greek word prototakas, okay? And it, it refers to a couple things. It does refer to a birth order of sorts, right? Um, people who are the firstborn. I'm the firstborn. I have one brother. And I'm older than him. That's all I got. (laughs) He's smarter than me. He's funnier than I am. But at least I'm older, right? I get to at least pull some rank on him. We're like 13 and a half months apart or something like that. Poor mom. (coughs) So it does can refer to an order, firstborn. It's used also in verse 18. Look down at verse 18 he's the head of the body of the church he is the beginning the firstborn from the dead no wait it doesn't mean that he was the firstborn raised from the dead because you know jesus raised somebody else he raised people from the dead even in the old testament you know you see uh, elijah raising up the young boy from the dead and jesus did that so it doesn't mean he was the first one to do this okay um So it can refer to a birth order. For example, in Luke 2, verse 7, talking about Mary, it says that she gave birth to her firstborn. Jesus was the firstborn. He did have brothers and sisters. You can read um, the Gospels about that. So he is the firstborn. Um, But the word also refers to a special status. Look at at Hebrews. Go to your right at the book of Hebrews in chapter 1. Hebrews, chapter 1. And in verse 6, <coughs> and I love this because the writer is also comparing Jesus to everything else. And he's like, you know, to what? of the angels did, he, did God say, a, you know, a, you know a, a, and describe? Uh, he says in verse 6, and when he again brings the firstborn into the world, he says, and let all the angels of God worship him. Now, this context here is describing Jesus as being the son of God, who's better than angels, he's more excellent he's got a more excellent name and the angels are told to worship him now they're not told to worship the first person who was ever born that would be weird but the firstborn he's as far as rank jesus is the firstborn as he is first place in the ranking angels worship god right angels don't worship created beings In fact, in the book of uh, uh, John, I think it was a book of Revelation, rather, when, when, when John falls uh, at, and he sees an angel, he falls down and the angel says, get up, I'm just like, I'm just a servant of God just like you. Worship God. Um, uh, in the Old Testament, um, we know the, the, the word is, is the firstborn birth order, like Esau is the firstborn, right? over he got out first before Jacob. But then you have this thing of ranking. Look at Psalm, go, go, to, go, to, go, to, um, um, go to actually two verses, G- uh, Genesis 49 and verse three, go there first, and then we'll go to a, 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 uh, the Psalms. But so Genesis 49, look at this. I'm giving you this because when those people come in the door, you could say, hey, Jesus is better and that he ranks higher than anyone else. He's not created. He's firstborn." that speaks of rank. But look at verse, chapter 49 of Genesis. And in verse 3, Jacob says to Reuben, he says, Reuben, Genesis 49, 3, you are my firstborn. Now, he's going to go on and define what that is. We know he's firstborn. My might and the beginning of my strength, preeminent in dignity and preeminent in power. There's this, this preeminence, this ranking that he describes about Reuben as firstborn go to um actually I just added a verse go to exodus to, to your right next book over genesis exodus chapter 4 and look what it says here in genesis ch- uh, exodus 4:22 okay 4:22 uh, Moses says then you shall say to pharaoh exodus 4:22 thus says the lord israel is my firstborn. My firstborn. Go to Psalm 88. Go to Psalm 88. You know, I figure if you bring your Bible to church, we might as well use the Bible, right? We might as well just turn the pages and dig in, and because if I if I don't, I, I'm not doing my job if I'm not doing that, so I might as well. Let's just do that. That's not fun. But watch this Psalm 88. And oh, wait, did I write down the wrong reference? (gasps) How embarrassing. Oh, what happened? Oh, that's I wrote down. There's no verse 28. Did I write down the wrong? I must have. No, Psalm 89. Sorry, I did write it down, but I found it. Psalm 89, verse 27. Sorry about that. I shall make him, I sh- also shall make him my firstborn. And then he defines that the highest of the kings of the earth. Jesus is the highest of anyone born, right? He is preeminent. He has that ranking, that status. Only Jesus Christ shows us what God is like, and only Jesus Christ. Is supreme over all creation, right? He is firstborn. He is of special ranking, preeminence. He is the highest. He is first place. Is he first place in your life? Is he preeminent in my life? Where does Jesus rank in your life? Is he supreme? Is he on the, the chair, the throne of your life? Or am I jockeying for a position to try to get him out? Is my life lived with, Lord, your will be done, your first place, your Lord. I had this, even on the way to the church this morning, I'm like, Lord, I have been fighting it because I've been saying, I really want my will to be done. You know why? Because my will is that our church be humongous and and wonderful and all this kind of stuff right things every pastor wants right i, I mean i i done this way god and if i do this this that and they will grow into this and that will happen and this will happen and oh he can and i can pull off like oh, i'm in the control room i'm i'm on the bridge now right move over captain kirk you know you know that, you know it's like i'm like lord i had to really pray lord your will be done whatever your will is i and you have to surrender that don't you right That is so hard because, you know, as as sinful men, we, all of us, that will be a struggle in our lives. Who is going to be Lord? I mean, every knee will bow, right? And I hope it's every knee will bow willingly or it's going to be unwillingly. Go for the willingly (laughs) because it will be so much better, right? He is supreme over life. He is supreme. Let it be that our attitudes, my, my attitudes, will be Thy will be done, not just in word, but in actual. Like He's teaching me. Like I'm learning. Okay, I'm a human being. I'm learning that I don't love the way He wants me to love. Like I'm pretty selfish and self centered. You know, i you mean, guys like that. I'm. I think about my. I, I'm, come on, you know, and I do things f- for me. You know Lord's been teaching me, John. I don't care how much you know. I don't care how much Bobby you know. Um, Do you love people? Oh, yeah, I love people because I'm supposed to, but sometimes I don't love them because they bug me, right? Come on. God, I'm a project person, not a people person. God says, I don't have those categories. Right? Jesus calls fishermen. Those guys were project people. Fish, catch, go, you know, now I'm going to make you fishers of men. Oh, that's out of ma- that's that's not part of my personality profile, God. That's <laughs> not my gifting. I'm my, I'm called to projects. No, <laughs> we can't get out of that. And so, oh, okay, Lord, I will, I will. Okay, I yeah, your will be done. Help me with that. Only Jesus does that. He's supreme. Only Jesus shows us God the Father, and only Jesus is supreme i have five points don't i well i got time i got the keys don't i third point let's go only jesus is the source the purpose the goal of life look at verse 16 go back to colossians you guys with me we're having fun aren't we i'm having fun i don't know about you i'm having fun if you don't have fun p- teaching the, the bible go do something else right i mean i take it seriously you know that but this, this is life right we have fun watching the Cardinals play, you know. Yeah, go score, you know. And watching, but we're talking about Jesus, right? So he is only Jesus is the purpose, the goal, the source of life. Watch this: for by him, verse sixteen, all things were created. By that word is Greek word n e n. It means the source. He is the agent. He's the uh, the agent of creation. He, I mean, he does everything, right? In, in, in Isaiah 44, I'm just going to read to you. It says, Thus says the Lord, your Redeemer, the one who formed you in the womb, I, the Lord, and the maker of all things, stretching out the heavens by myself and spreading out the earth all alone. In John chapter 1, verse 3, it says, All things came into being through him, and apart from him, nothing came to being that has come into being. God, Jesus Christ, is the source of it all. That's why you can't live your life, depart from Christ. You think you can, but that's like you going out of space without a spaceship or a spacesuit. You just can't survive. In him we live and move and have our being, as Paul who quotes uh, uh, um, uh, a contemporary, uh, I think it was a poet at the time, but he's, he's c- teaching the truth of, scrip- of scripture as well. Uh, he also says in cl- uh, 1 Corinthians 8, for yet, uh, yet for us, there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, by whom are all things, and we exist through him. He is the source of all lives, everything. We live our lives dependently on God. The, the problem with the Garden of Eden, with the fall of man, was we as, as fallen, as we said, Lord, thank you very much, but I will live independently of you. You know that one, and we we see. You know this was one, right? One eat, one little, and just one little bite, right? One little eating that plunged the world to where we're at now. That's the attitude. I will live independently of you, God. Thank you very much. And then we wonder where's God. Well, you just told God off. Now you want to blame God for your problems. <laughs> <laughs> it's like wait, wait. I, I don't want you but i want you i love you but i hate you you know I, I like wait it doesn't work that way and so god is the source and the, again the human pride that says no i am the source yeah really you're gonna look look for lives within all the false religions of the world look in find life in yourself no look in and you'll be the, you'll find darkness and sin and, and evil look to christ he's the source that's he is, he is God, who is, he is, um, he is independent, and he doesn't, he doesn't um, run out of juice, right? Like my battery, sometimes this will run out of juice, right? And then I either recharge. God is the, is the God who is, um, he's the source of everything, right? Amen. It also says, look at this. It also says, look at this. Is for by him all things were created. Verse sixteen. Both heavens and earth, visible and invisible. By the way, that means that there's more to life than what you see. Oh, man, then we can go a whole other direction with that. Whether thrones or dominions or rulers or authorities, those are spiritual, like I said, spiritual rankings of angelic beings. Well, they're f- not fallen and fallen. All things have been created through him and for him. The word for is ice, and it means he's the, he's the, the goal. Of life, the goal of life, he's the goal of creation. Uh, purpose, all, uh, everything is 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 governed to achieve his purposes. He is the purpose and goal of all things, and when he is the purpose and goal of your life, then there's fulfillment. Is he the purpose and goal of your life? Do you live your life with Christ as your goal to know him? And the rest of creation, that's what they know. They're in on the gig. (laughs) Just some of us haven't figured that one out. And some of us, it takes God a while to us. We've lived our lives, you know, going this direction and that direction. and, And he's calling us until we find ourselves Bow and say, Lord, you will be done. My goal, your life's goal, you were made for a purpose, and that's to glorify God. That's it. And when you discover that and surrender to that, you won't know, you won't know the fulfillment and the contentment that's found in Christ. Let's move on. First, First one was what? Only Jesus shows us what God is like, right? Is that the first one? You guys taking notes? Okay. Only Jesus, secondly, is supreme over all creation, over our life. Thirdly, only Jesus is the source, purpose, and goal of life. Fourth one, only Jesus is the one who keeps life intact or together. Only Jesus keeps life together. And sometimes we go through life and things aren't holding it together right we're we're, we're fall- things are falling apart i mean uh, this happened last week okay so so i went on a convention i'm gonna just be honest with you guys i went on, on the convention and while i was th- i was on the airport i've ke- kept getting signals from my life flock did you apply for a credit card no that wasn't me no that wasn't me no 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 and then i started getting then i got two credit cards in the mail one for me one for sharon I did not apply to these. <coughs> so we spent, let's see, the other day was four hours on the phone with LifeLock. And there was like a few hours before that day before. And we went through, it was me and Sharon. Sometimes they were, somebody got our information. I think it was maybe an unsecured network at the hotel convention I was at, now I have a VPN there's evil people out there who want to steal things right but it felt like life was falling apart I was like and i was losing my cool i was like i wasn't gonna come on you know i was like hey you know this is and this like i hit me out of nowhere right and sometimes life happens it hits you out of nowhere and they just they just what's going on here right and i'm like and thank the lord you know things are good and 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 we took care of all that and they just and then the, you know then of course then you know, you know, the water heater broke down the week before I left. You know, and the, you know, I'm, and all this stuff, right? He feels like life is just coming calm, apart, and yet the scripture says Jesus Christ holds life together, right? Hallelujah. And we have a lot of us have gone through, going through what life feels like to be falling apart. Kim, too, you know, and a lot of us, have, it's like, and of course, things are. We live in a fallen, broken world, but at the end of the day, Jesus holds it together. He holds you together. He's the only thing that's holding you together. And all, all of it, he, it's interesting that Jesus doesn't prevent you from going, from having the storms come. Because that's the prayer we always pray. God, keep me from the storm. Is it not? Lord, there's a storm on the horizon. Can you direct our path? No, we're going right through it. Right? Because Jesus says, storm, I walk on water. Come on. And we don't like the walking in the water thing. We're like, Jesus, We keep us circumvented to get the hurricanes. that we're, No, no, we're going to go through. Because Jesus can hold you intact when the worst of worst is worst is happening on the outside. He can hold you intact. So don't be surprised when all you know what is breaking out, right? It doesn't mean you're out of God's will. It just means that Christ is just with you in that storm. We don't like that. But something that God does, that Christ does, and I'm learning I'm like you know I, I, I I'll be honest i was I wasn't a happy camper when somebody got i'm like i was just I was thinking all the things I can you know say and but the lord he has it, yeah, okay, He is the one who holds life together, only Jesus, who of course he precedes us in time and rank and he was before anything else he he but it says he is. Before all things, right? And in him all things hold together. That's Colossians 1.17. He always was. He always will be. The word is. He's present tense still before all things. And he still is holding all things together. When things are going chaotic, he still is holding things together. He's before all things and all things in. That's why he says in Revelation, John says, that he's the alpha and the omega, right? Who was who is and who is to come the almighty the word hold together is uh is a greek word that means to to unite right uh, it's used to 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 bring uh friends together right' it's that it's a it's a word that means to bring um, um something into an organized manner right um, it's used um in several places in uh in the scripture and so <coughs> paul says that uh um that christ is the one who holds he holds he holds life together he, he holds he, he he holds it so that the universe doesn't fly apart you know how is it that you know in the in the smallest of of atoms and you know you've got you know you got your 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 positive right and then you you're your negative you remember you guys remember high school college, unless you had college you know chemistry and biology. You remember all the science? <laughs> now just the atom itself. You know, Why doesn't the atom, why doesn't it fly apart or come together? Like, like like, all these in the center, all these protons together. Like are, but positive charges are supposed to fly apart, right? But they have, they're somehow holding it together. And what's causing electrons to stay out there and not come in, right? I forget. I remember I had a lot of science classes in, in high school and college. And I remember there was a, there was a force that that they describe to you that the sort of the, the glue, but Jesus Christ is that glue. That gl- he holds it together. Now that's this molecules, but if he could do that with molecules, my goodness, can he do it with our lives? Amen. He holds it together. He holds us together. We don't know what's going to happen with Natalie. We know he's, she's in her in his hands, right? But in the midst of waiting, we still, like, Lord, hold, hold Daniel together. Sandy, God, Jesus is holding you together. And sometimes, maybe when you go out by yourself and you <laughs> just cry a, cry a river, he's still holding you together. And he isn't, he's still a Lord of life. He's still Lord of le- real life. And even when it seems like it is chaotic and everything, he knows where he's leading you to. And he won't leave you. He's a good shepherd. Let me finish, let me finish my point here. Fifth point, then we're we'll done. Only Jesus, let's go back. Only Jesus, what? First point. Come on, help me out here. Only Jesus shows us what God is like. I should know this, right? But I'm just asking. Only Jesus is the supreme over all creation. Only Jesus is the source and purpose and goal of life. Only Jesus holds life together. And fifthly, only Jesus reconciles us to God. That's the whole point of Christmas, right? Only Jesus reconciles us to God. He is the reconciler of life. Verse 20, and through him to reconcile, back in Colossians 1.20, and through him to reconcile all things to himself, having made peace through the blood of the cross. Through him, I say whether things on earth or things in heaven. And that's the whole point of Christmas, is the reconciliation of God to man, right? And only Jesus Christ is the one who reconciles us to God. No other way. Not your efforts, not your religious efforts, not your, all the stuff you can do. You know, all of the world has full of self-help religions that still can't reconcile, but the blood of Jesus Christ is what reconciles you to God, right? The word reconcile is is a word that, that meant to change or exchange, right? And they would... Um, you know, sort of like something that's that's exchanged to make peace, and and Jesus, of course, is the one that is given by God. What's interesting is, is that often this word is used, of course, of of, of a person being reconciled with another person. But in the Scripture, in the New Testament, it speaks of the fact that reconciliation is always God initiated. God wasn't okay with us being at odds with him so he didn't wait for us to come to him how many of you guys like when you're at odds with somebody you're waiting for that person to make the first, first step right well they should make the phone call right and of course they're at their house and she's thinking well how come she is not calling me and then you sit as a standstill like this right and god didn't do that god didn't think well oh, when not when is mankind gonna kind step up and try to reconcile with me I mean, Scripture says, and none of us would have done that. We all seek after our own selves. We all we are none. There's none that seek after God. But it says, for a while, verse uh, Romans five ten says, if while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God through the. Fact, he talks about how while we were still sinners, God sent His Son. The reconciliation of God to man is is one that is initiated by God only. That means he's really interested in reconciling with us, amen. Only Jesus is the reconciler of life. I remember I had family members who, I've gone through. How many guys have family members where they didn't talk to each other for years, right? You have, I've had that happen in my family. What you know, we didn't talk, you know, and for whatever reason, it was all it was all sinful. It was all selfish, you know, and. And, we, and somehow God would, God arranged it when I had one situation in our family where God arranged it for, it was all God reconciling and working on people's hearts, you know, to make us, because at the end of the day, at the end of the day, it's about rela- relationships, isn't it, right? I mean, it's, uh, my church, however small or big, but if, my relation, if I'm at odds with somebody, God says, that's more important than anything else you do, and you're reconciling with people, and of course, he's done that through Jesus Christ. Only Jesus Christ can reconcile us to God. Oh, I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna, st- I'm gonna stop here. I have like an, I have, I've got more, to, I got more to say. But there's, let I me mean say is, Christ is supreme. Amen. That's why we worship Him. That's why we worship him. that's why we, we adore Him. No one else compares. No one else. And sometimes we try to put up other possible, you know, contenders. Right? Who's the best lover of your soul? Jesus Christ. Well, I think it may be this person. And then they fail you and let you down. Or they leave you. Right? And Christ is still there. I'm still here. Jesus says to the woman caught in adultery, "Where are your accusers? They left. Well, I don't accuse you either. Go and sin no more." Wow. I don't know. I, if you don't fall in love with Jesus, because isn't he is supreme, isn't he? Amen. Let's let's just thank you, well, Lord. Thank you that you are preeminent. That you are. There's no one that loves, loves us than you, Lord. And, and you uh, show us the Father, and you, you, you reconcile us to the Father, and you came to the surf floor to bring peace. And there's no peace without you, God. No politician or king or queen or any other leader can bring the peace that you bring, Lord. Because ultimately, Lord, you reconcile us to God, And you call us, of course, to bring reconciliation to one another. Lord, what a good God that you are. I just thank you and praise you. There's no one like you, Lord. No one even compares. And yet you have this humility, Lord. You have this love, this tenderness, compassion, this patience. would call sinners and welcome us into your family. Lord, we want to serve you and love you in response all the days of our life. And I pray, God, that, you know, if there's some of us who I have gone through all the stuff, Lord, that you would be the one who holds us together. the one who rejects us, Lord. You accept us in all our sin, all of our frailties, all of our imperfections. What a good God you are. We praise you, Lord. Let it be, Lord, that we, um, we walk even close to you every day. Thank you for sending your son, Jesus, Father God. Thank you that you demonstrated your love towards us, and that, yet when we were still sinners, you, Christ died for us, what a wonderful God, and we just thank you, in Jesus' name, amen. Why don't we stand up? Isn't God good? God is good. So, Friday, come on over, come over to, uh. Christmas gathering. Well, <coughs> maybe we'll sing songs if we have some singers and who can, who can uh, sing Christmas carols or just have a good time of fellowship. You know, we always love loving on one another and just praying for one another and just enjoying the fellowship. And well, I pray the Aaronic blessing and just as Moses told Aaron before my people depart, place my name on them by saying these words: "The Lord bless you and keep you; the Lord make his face to shine upon you." And be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you. That means a big smile. And give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless. Take care. We'll see you hopefully on Friday. And uh, blessings to you.